Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode number, I think, 179. Um, Yeah, still don't know the episodes. Doesn't matter. Today, we have another special guest, but before I go on and introduce her, her, I will... uh, Pass on to Johnny. Johnny, hello. What's going on? What's going on? Not a lot, mate. Got COVID. Well, I haven't got COVID. I've got a cold. But everyone keeps saying you got COVID. Bill Gates give it to you. Bill Gates injected him too. No. no. Not that I'm aware of. Unless he did it via the 5G, which is possible, obviously. So. Jobs come back from the dead and give it to you? Hmm. I don't know. China give it to you? Mm, possibly. Again, via 5G across the... Uh, Pacific Ocean? Pacific, that's the right one, right? If it's <laughs> somebody's first time listening, I hope you detect the large... There's some sarcasm there, yeah. yeah. Yes, um, I haven't got COVID, and pr- obviously on the uh, conversation prior to recording, you, we, I don't believe you can catch it via the um, the laptop anyway, which, you know, could... Maybe we said it could be in a conspiracy theory, uh, conspiracy theory that people would definitely believe at some point. Is there sure. any evidence that it doesn't, though? Because this that comes up in the fitness community all the time. Is there any evidence that it doesn't? And then people think, oh, yeah, it might be. Mind blown. We need to conduct a randomized control trial on this. Yes, although I don't know how we would do such randomized control trial, especially without funding. Like, How do you do studies without funding? Put up a donation sticker on your Instagram story. Yeah, that'd get about a pound. No, actually, you wouldn't even get a pound. <laughs> You've got more followers than me, so we need to use yours. We have to leverage okay, your power. Okay, I'll, I'll get the funding. Funding, I'll right, do it. Followers now. Yeah, zero. You don't have an Instagram account anymore, which, as we bigged you up... Actually, had you started it between last week? So if you had, actually, we bigged up on the podcast or not? Ooh, no, I, I don't, don't, I don't no, know. No, I don't think you did. I, sh- I shared it on Instagram and got you at least five followers, I think. Maybe more than that. But yeah. I've, I've been a weekend and I've been hacked already. <laughs> you can't make it. You honestly couldn't make it up, could you? Oh, dear. No, okay. Well, uh, anyway, just, just just to reverse back a little bit, I don't have COVID. I have had a test um, and I, it came back negative. So, although it doesn't definitively say I don't have COVID, I suppose, it just means they, I maybe did it wrong, potentially, which because you have to do it yourself. So weird. Like, has, have either of you two had tests? Johnny, you yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, the whole process is weird. I don't know what it's like whether you went... I went to a testing centre on a park and ride like industrial estate and had it done where it's like gazebos outside and you don't get out of your car and stuff and they just pass a little um, pack through the window and um, which oh. is which is weird because you, obviously because you can't have your windows up, they have to stand in front of your little cue cards going, right, have you read this? Or like now drive over to here and the cue cards and then you get to the final one where it says like call this mobile number. So I had to like use my um hands free on my car and just like ring this mobile number to speak to the person literally standing on my in front of my bonnet which is really odd that was um, that is very weird no yes. mine was very different like i did mine as part of a study so imperial college london uh were recruiting for um a study so i i just it's like oh yeah i like science i'll participate yeah. in that so they sent one to my house and then they gave you all the instructions of how to do it and then they you like arranged for a courier to come and pick it up um like on the on the morning that you completed the test mm. it was it was pretty cool but yeah same thing like i could have done it wrong i don't know I, I hope i did it right the instructions were pretty thorough but yeah yeah well the i i could have done that i think in terms of having a postal pack but because mm-hmm. there's a test center about five miles down the road i thought i might as well just go get it now rather than wait yeah so yeah it's very handy that. but um 
really efficient actually which i don't say much about governmental uh, organized stuff but i did it I, I booked an appointment at 10 to 12 for 12 o'clock which was quite impressive 10 minutes uh, and then did it by 7 a.m the next day i had a text from the nhs center saying negative so that's pretty cool that it's very good yeah i was very impressed with that but um no just a cold i'd imagine so which i don't know how i've got that from someone bear in mind i don't know anyone that's had a cold but uh, hey-ho, doesn't matter. Um, so anyway, the really long-winded intro about Johnny asking what's going on, as he says in his accent. So um, we, anyone that hasn't even bothered to read the thumbnail or the episode description so far today, we do have a guest, and it's Tita Triceps or Rebecca Nolan, however hey. however you want to be known. I think more people I... probably know you as Tita Triceps. I'd oh, they absolutely do. Like, it's for sure one of those things that, like, if somebody sees me and they recognize me off Instagram, they're like, oh, my God, what's her name? I know her as Tita Triceps, and it's awkward. But, um, I sh- like, I've gone back and forth around training my Instagram handle, like, mm. multiple times to, like, my name or something similar. Uh, but I never have. And, like, everybody knows Tita Triceps, yeah. so I, should, I might as well keep it. It's my I brand or whatever. I, I remember yeah. Fran referred you to me somehow and i can't remember if it was for to get you on the podcast which is ridiculous how long this is actually taken to actually happen but which is my own fault um but she said oh you like this girl tita tries that says yes i know um actually <laughs> sat next to her on the first mnu live day i'd imagine i was yeah. like we actually sat next to each other so you're probably the first person i actually met at mnu no or way nutrition. Yeah. You know, this is so funny, but like I met Fran at one of those live days as well. And I had been following her on Instagram for like ages for so, so long. And we had spoken on Instagram multiple times. And I did not like in my head, I did not associate the Instagram account with her in real life. So we met, we talked in, in person, never realized it was the same person on Instagram. So I was all like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> like all of this stuff. Met her a second time. Exact same thing. And it was only, I think, their, our third time meeting that I re- like I put two and two That's together so like she'd messaged me on Instagram like oh it was great to see you today and I was like oh no mind blown I did not realize that that was you I'm so sorry yeah it's so weird though when you kind of get to these live events where there's obviously people that you conversed with or just you know follow or whatever on, on social media and you see them in person and like there's there's loads of people I remember thinking I don't know if it's them or not I think it's them but I need to see these tiny little pictures on like Facebook or whatever it you know means of connecting you've had it's like this is really strange because I don't dare go ask now in case it's not them so oh for wanna, sure don't want to feel I had stupid. that um Danny Lennon was at one of the first like some nutrition thing that I went to like years ago and I I was there to the girl beside me like oh my god I think that's Danny Lennon like I'm not entirely sure because I'm mainly familiar with his voice but I'm mm. like 80% sure and she had no idea who he was and I was like oh my god you don't understand how much of a big deal this is I didn't expect him to be so short either though that's the thing I think when I first saw Danny in person it put me off to think I didn't, I didn't imagine to be short he's not not that really short but he's shorter <laughs> than I thought I suppose yeah, I'm yeah. six. I'm six foot, so I'm reasonably tall. I suppose. Yeah, but... you're pretty tall. Yeah. Although Johnny, you're taller than me, aren't you? No. Are you not? It might. You're about six foot, though, aren't you? I'm just more massive. More, <laughs> more, more massive. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> oh dear. Well, okay, brilliant. Cut that one short. Cheers, Johnny. Um, shall, shall we? For those, okay, so you've had a brief introduction then. Mm-hmm. So, but for those that don't know you, which there probably are none of my followers that don't follow you already, but. Um, for those that don't, how about a little bit of background then about you? Um, we already know how you met, or how we met, so that's yeah. the main thing that people want to know about, obviously. For sure. Well, I should have said this at the start, but thanks so much for having yeah. me on. It's long overdue, but yes, All thank about. you. Um, so my background. So um, I got into nutrition and got a nutrition following on Instagram kind of like... Mm, 
through an unconventional way, I would say. So when I was in college, I started weightlifting. And at that time, I started like looking up nutrition, like how should I be eating to support this new exercise stuff that I'm doing? Um, and through that, so also just a background, I was doing psychology in college. So it was a science degree. I was familiar with like looking for research papers. So like that was something I was familiar with. So I was fortunate enough to be able to kind of transfer over those skills and start looking at like reasonable sources for nutrition information. So pretty early on into looking up nutrition, I got into the more evidence space of nutrition, started following kind of the right people early, like Danny Lennon, for example, in his podcast. So for a couple of years, I'm um, like, so I, I continued with the with the weightlifting and everything, but I got so fascinated by nutrition. Like, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. I was learning stuff every single day and I was just like fascinated by it. And I had used like my Instagram as kind of like um, a food diary, like back when Instagram was just pictures and people would do that. Um, and when I was like putting up my food, my meals on Instagram, I would also be giving like a little bit of like nutrition context, like, oh, this is a meal with high protein because, you know, protein is important for recovery and whatever, like pretty basic stuff. But um, my following on Instagram grew quite like quite substantially. So I started to get um, a few thousand followers and I had no formal like education in nutrition um I was like doing my psychology degree I graduated and then I went on in my career um which is as research I can talk more about that later if you're interested but totally independent of nutrition um and I was kind of looking for um some kind of certification or education that I could do to kind of better set myself up to be giving nutrition information to the general public I didn't feel entirely confident or right that I was just kind of giving out information without having like any certification or anything to my name I was just like this random person who has an interest in in nutrition was giving out information so I went on to do um like evidence-based course when when one came out and piqued my attention so that was MNU at the time um, and that's pretty much the background like I kept going with Instagram as like a hobby like it's and nutrition science and studying that is still my hobby while I maintain my career which is completely unrelated. I like the fact that you're you've stayed quite true you mentioned about the T to triceps thing uh, and not changing the name but I quite like the fact you stayed quite true to your content as well you know, yeah. stick into the protein bar reviews and the things and not thinking, oh, no, I've got to clean that up now. Now, like, I've got 10,000 followers. I need to start putting out stuff. And I was like, no, I quite like the fact that you've kept it to, to what you want to do. So this is something that I've thought a lot about, to be honest, because there was a, like, I wouldn't say in the last year, but maybe like two years ago, there was this um thing where loads of people in the industry changed their handles on Instagram because they didn't want to be defined by, like, you know, whatever, like, um something like to do with a physique in their name or something to do with nutrition in their name. Um, so if it was like my weight loss journey, for example, they would change that because we were moving away from weight loss and dieting and we were all anti-diet culture now. Mm. And I, I did at the time, like strongly contemplate changing my name uh, because it seemed like, you know, this seems like maybe it's the right thing to do because so many people are doing it. But to be honest, I just disagreed with that. I feel like T to triceps is a pretty like innocuous name to begin with. And also it was very much a trend. And like, I didn't want to just buy into the trend to see more socially acceptable on Instagram. Um, and I think I'm in a very fortunate position where I don't have anything to lose, right? Like I'm not working in the industry. If I do something wrong, it's not going to like damage my income or anything. If people disagree with my my handle on Instagram, like it doesn't it doesn't really affect me too badly. Um, and if my handle offends people, like I think that's a, that's a bigger problem. But um, yeah, it, it's I've thought a lot about about that stuff because it's been quite trendy on Instagram the last couple of years. But mm. 
and staying true to myself and what I find interesting. Like I always did this because I found it interesting and I don't want that to change because of like trends that are going on. Yeah, for sure. I, the thing is things like, like protein bar reviews, which, you know, a lot of people in the industry take the piss out of. Um, like, oh, not another protein bar review. In fact, I've almost mocking myself now a lot of time. Yeah, that's what you do. I've, I've, I've started my own hashtag now, not another protein bar review. Um, which is genuinely a true story I have. Um, but it's I, I it's kind of like I was buying protein bars thinking, I wish there was somewhere which I could go in, because there's so many, especially nowadays, that I could understand where like whether any are any good or not, rather than spending two quid or 250 uh, on a bar that I end up thinking, oh, this is gross. Like I wish there was somewhere I could just go find. So, and it's kind of like, there is nowhere. Like there isn't anywhere that does that. So other than now, which is random accounts on Instagram. But mm-hmm. so that's why I think there is some actual value there. I don't think it's something, that's why I started doing it anyway, because I thought actually, I just wish I could, I, I'll, I'll start putting out there, which I wish it already existed basically, which it didn't. I mean, I, my first protein bar review must've been about 2015. So mm-hmm. I consider myself an OG reviewer. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't for think sure. There's many around then. The, you but know, I, like, I follow accounts that review. Like, I look at your protein bar reviews. There's a few other accounts I follow that do these reviews. And, like, I find them really valuable. Like, mm. I want to know. Like, I want to avoid buying the bad bars and the low quality ones. But I think, like, you're right. And something that I find really surprising, like, I really like protein bars. But all of the protein bars that exist, I've never seen one that's, like, really targeted as, like, one that will benefit your sports performance or help your recovery and growth. Like, no bars have, well, most bars don't have over 20 grams of protein. Mm. It's, like, why is why are there no bars with like 30 grams of protein like give me a decent chunk of protein that i like i don't need something else alongside it to know that i'm getting a substantial like intake of protein so i think there's that's lacking and i i keep hammering that point in my reviews as well to try and like encourage someone in the industry to like make a decent protein bar yeah yeah i think um there's obviously a lot more that goes into the formulation not that i know a lot about it but in terms of why the 20 gram mark seems to be so i guess in terms of like calorie content costs all these things 20 grams is, and taste 20 grams yeah. is probably about the most they can get in and make it viable i'd imagine maybe um, yeah the, the american ones seems to be the ones where they do get your 30 plus like so what are they like metrics bars and stuff some of the bins yeah. that are that obviously like your high protein ones but then you know they're like a meal in itself they're like five six hundred yeah. calories some of those aren't they they then yeah they then got to take out a lot of a lot of the market because no one's going to buy those things not that we plan to do a podcast today about protein bar reviews but yeah. johnny do you like a good protein bar <laughs> again they don't really fast quest no. bar. Like, used to be nice oh my fucking god because <laughs> oh, yeah, i know don't like them oh, i actually do like quest i am um, the cookies and cream one like that's my go-to like i will buy a box of 12 and get through it no bother i won't get sick of them <laughs> i can't yeah. do it i can't PhD do it bars are pretty decent yeah which ones PhD, PhD. Yes. he's the smart bars, doesn't he? Smart bars. Which I, really I, I got a shit ton at the moment, but PhD, um, grenade, and little, little maxi muscle ones like mint. They were nice. It's oh, only... I don't like those. Johnny, was... Johnny just wants a strong, nice chiseled jaw. So I do like got these. You got to chew for like three hours. For... That's what I mean. Three one, didn't it? The the bat, battle bites the battle bites are probably my favourite overall range. I think they have, like, if you're going for a good all rounder and for a good range of flavours that are all yeah. you know pretty much spot on, battle bites are probably the ones. If you ask yeah, all I, like, I agree. I'm just have a chocolate bar. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you do get, at least get some protein in it compared to a chocolate bar. But anyway, um, you so let's let's get the elephant out of the room first. So I think this isn't the content today, but kind of feel like it's something we should talk about especially because you've hampered my life with it as well given 
you decided to uh, speak up about something within the industry happening at the moment, which caused people to message me for some random reason. Um, so, yeah, um, I suppose just just to to pretense pretense this for people, there isn't much I guess we can say about in terms of detail, but there obviously is uh, lots of rumours and stuff going on within the fitness industry. So speak to the people involved if you know or if you want to know, then whatever. Um, but I guess what I want to just kind of just quickly touch on is this um, video or Instagram story that you put out this week around uh, the course that we both did, which you've already mentioned is Mount Nutrition, um, is one that you don't recommend anymore. Um, and I'll be honest, I'll just say it. Like if people have been to my profile, they'll realize that there are no references and stuff to it either. So um, maybe we just touch on that slightly just to get it out of the way so people have to, can stop messaging me as well. Yeah. I sound really okay, popular. Well, oh, uh, yeah, I, had two, I had two people message me loads. <laughs> so popular. Um, no, that's fine. I'm sorry as well for hampering your life. Not my intention. But um, yeah, no, I'm totally happy to like talk about this briefly. So I'll I'll give people more context because I'm sure there's people listening to it who haven't like if they do follow me, they probably ha- fo- haven't followed me for that long or they don't know who I am at all. So like I mentioned um, a few years ago, I did do the MNU course. That was the one that I saw that was like evidence based, sounded really great. Um, so before I did the course, I um I was kind of like I guess I got like the the course founders. Um, I knew them. I went to some events that they were at. I listened to like a lot of the content that they put out, like through podcasts and so on. Um, then throughout the course, like I guess I became friendly with them. When I finished the course, I was a huge advocate for the course. And because I had an Instagram following, um, I think I, I referred a lot of people to the course. People did the course because of my um, endorsement of it. So I was a huge fan, like massive fan of MNU for I would say maybe three or four years. Um, I promoted it quite heavily. Like if you go back in my feed, you can see me talking about like how like when I graduated, there are pictures of it talking about being a certified nutritionist. Like that's all there. So you can see how like passionate I was about the course. And I think that's kind of like why um, it came as a surprise to people last week when I sort of said I don't recommend it anymore. Um, And this personally, my my reasons are um, something that happened to me last year um, to do with, I guess, the leadership of that course. Um, And I'm totally happy to go into specifics if somebody wants to chat about it and and message me on Instagram. Like if you're considering doing the course, if you're a past student of the course, I don't mind sharing those details with you privately. But I also I don't. I don't entirely feel comfortable like like talking about my own experience like publicly especially when I, I mean it might not be necessary like for this podcast some people might not find it that interesting and also the details of like why I had um I guess why why my trust was lost in leadership is also um partially due to what happened to some friends of mine who were also involved in Mac Nutrition and their stories are not mine to tell so I, I can't really tell you the full story without revealing some details about people who are not yet like confident sharing what happened to them um but there is a really good analogy so i think you already know the analogy do you think it's it's worth kind of sharing that the yeah, restaurant I think, I think analogy so. only because i think like as as evidence-based or people that strive to be as evidence-based as one can be i think it's you know you do have to give all sides i think the analogy does that reasonably well no, that's fair. Okay, cool. So um, this analogy is like a restaurant. So you know that there is a restaurant that serves amazing food. You have eaten there before. The food is fantastic. You've recommended people to try that food. It is one of the best foods out there. It's amazing. Um, but then you find out that the um, owners of the restaurant are not the most um, ethical people. They have some practices um, that you're not entirely comfortable with. And whenever you eat at the restaurant, that's who your money is going to. 
Now, some people might be completely fine eating the food at that restaurant. And if that's you, that is totally okay. Like, I'm not going to judge you for doing that. Like, have that experience, get the amazing food, totally fine. And some people like myself are not comfortable being affiliated with that restaurant, knowing that the money is going to people who have certain purchases that you're not comfortable with. So I think it like to relate this back to the actual course, the course content is wonderful. Like it's so, so good. It is like you learn so much and it's not just nutrition content. You're also getting like the full like holistic side of nutrition where you're learning how to deal with clients. You're learning like the behavioral elements, like there's some psychology in there. It's very robust. Um, so I cannot fault the content at all. I think it's wonderful. I think it's probably one of the best co- course contents out there, but also the um, the leadership of the course is very questionable for me personally. And again, I'm happy to go into details through um, direct messaging if somebody wants to chat about it. Um, so for me, I can no longer endorse it for those reasons. But for another person in my position, they might still be comfortable recommending that course because of the fantastic content. Yeah, and I, th- I think like I, I mentioned about people asking me about kind of the rumours or kind of just the, 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 the current messages that are going around. And my opinion was very much like, look, just take it for what you see um if if you if you've heard the things you have to make a decision in terms because the people that mess with me are on the course at the moment basically mm. so like what i wouldn't want people to do is feel like they've wasted their money or that they're yeah. in a position where you know they're going to be let down at some point i'm like just take it for what you see you know kind of consume the course the course is amazing um get the most out of it take it away and help your own clients and you know kind of do some good within the industry and within you know leave a almost greater social purpose or whatever that's yeah. fantastic um because at the end of the day like this analogy the kind of restaurant or anything you don't have to then be associated with them afterwards you can take all the good stuff and go away and then kind of recreate all of the good stuff yourself exactly. which is kind of what i've tried to tell people to say look just relax um you know it'll it'll meet its end at some point whatever the outcome is just that's the only way to describe it but i don't think we should dwell on it too much more no, i don't think there's too much more to say i just i just felt like because there clearly is a lot going on within and if people listen this might be like i'm oblivious to what the hell's going on which is fine yeah. i'd probably stay that way personally yeah um but if for those that are involved in as we talked about there are lots of little circles within the fitness industry that you know will know or hear a lot of things i don't know if you can hear that my children are screaming very loud downstairs um yeah thought so that's like jesus christ um but yeah for those that are involved just you know as i say just just consume the course keep it keep to keep all the good stuff rolling and keep it keep it going and then just worry about it later as and when kind of it meets its end for one of the better yeah i think there's probably like one more thing that i would add to that is that like there are for sure like a lot of rumors and ultimately like we have to look at the facts if there there are any facts to look at so it might be very easy for me to say like oh like x person is saying this and y person is saying that and like blah 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 i had like I had like a falling out with with the leadership that I have like concrete proof of because yeah, it was, you've got your like, own experience. Down. Yeah, you've got your so, own like, experience. So like that's all that I know for certain. Like that I know that like, like fundamental facts there. Everything else like perhaps could be discredited. So like I don't think I can use that to reasonably inform my own perspective. Um, but that's kind of like yeah, that that's my opinion. And like that's if if people are hearing rumors, um, I would encourage them to be quite skeptical about those as well because I'm sure some things are being overblown. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of like how I'd approach it from like a more evidence-based critical thinking standpoint. Yeah, you definitely need to uh, evaluate yourself and especially with rumors. It's easier to start a rumor and go, yeah, this happened. It's like, oh, actually it didn't. Exactly. Or, or whatever. I know nothing about it. So I just, I'll 
maybe I'll just stick to being ignorant about it. Exactly. Like wait until the facts come out before like jumping on onto one side. I'd say. Yeah. I, I yeah on that and then maybe we'll move on. But I think the the staying into a part is probably a good good place to be for for a lot of people for a while. Especially like say if you are in in the course, just just focus on your own world effectively. Um. Today, I really want to cover something else though. Something that is very very close to I know your heart and my heart. <laughs> Um, and I'm pretty sure I remember a while back, unless I've imagined this, but you, you did quite a comprehensive and good post about said today's topic. I did. I did indeed. Good. So today I would like to talk about energy drinks. And one of the reasons I want to talk about it is because it is something that I get like from either friends, family, or even sometimes on even followings, even though they should know better. Um, but kind of asked about because it's like... Mm -hmm. A lot of people see anyone drinking any drink and immediately assume, oh, any drinks are bad. You shouldn't be drinking those. Um, so I thought it'd be useful, and I want to been doing it for a while, but just I, I'd be, be totally frank. Other than the very basics, I haven't looked at the research enough to really know um, how good or how bad potentially they might be. So, <laughs> and I, I just thought it'd be useful just to have a bit of a conversation about it anyway, because as I say, I know you like one, and I know Johnny. Do you like an energy drink? Mm, I'll probably have one on average once a fortnight. Mm -hmm. That's average, not because I think they're bad. I just, I just don't. I'll have them if I'm out and about, but I don't. Tend to, I don't buy them for supermarkets. I don't buy six. I'll buy one. Do if, you have a preference? Like, what's your favourite energy drink? Monster White. Yeah, good choice. There is no other. I do, I do all the Monster Zeros, but the the Red Bull tasting one is well. Filthy, just yeah. like vodka red bull, disgusted. Yeah. Totally uh, agree. There's a green one in that's decent. The purple ones, I always think I've tasted this purple before in a sweet or something, but what is it? Palmer yes. violets. That's the one, yes. Yeah, like, oh, I know that taste. What's the other one? Is there any more? There probably is. What blue? Are there any more monsters? Are, you, joke are you joking? Yeah. Zero ones, not just oh, what? here's loads, mate. But I will never, ever, 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 ever drink a full calorie one. Let let me let me name them then. So you got uh, original, uh, white, red, yellow, black, orange, green, yellow. Did you say yellow did I say already? Yellow? I might have said yellow. I don't purple. Know if I did. Purple. I didn't mention, but we just said that. Um, now you've got the fiestas. So you've got the melon fiesta. You've got which obviously we don't get here. Do you get them in Ireland? Well, obviously not the United anymore. But no, I don't think so. I don't know. To be honest, I haven't been home for a year. They've got the pink and the blue fiestas anyway. Um, and if you go to America, there's way more. Like our, one of our yeah. one of our or Ed's ex clients, Jack Jackson, or as we like to call him, Jack to Jack Jackson. Um, he's now in I want to say somewhere like Alabama or somewhere, but he gets loads of like good flavours of monsters that I see and think, oh my days, like I wish we had these here. Oh, like, I know, like, I used to go like, I used to go to America with work and it was actually, like I would get excited to go because of all of the potential monsters yeah. I could try. Empty suitcase, because I'm bringing back all of the different flavour monsters here. That's what's yeah. I think they've got proper like two litre, like Diet Coke size monsters. I bet they have. Probably. They have they have these ones that are like big cans, tin cans and they have like a screw on top so like you can you know have it like throughout the day it's insane. I I had we some talk about this as well. Yeah, we should while we go into we it. We should. Um, but I just because on that point, I had uh, I bought ones from a 
one of the bargains, like home bargains or something like that. I can't remember what it was now, but they had a load of No Fear, you know, the clothing. Is it no, is it a clothing brand, No Fear? I don't know. Yeah, you know the brand though, right? No Fear? Like the, I think the logo is like two little squinty eyes, like a scary eyes, I don't know. It's ringing a bell, but I, think I don't it's know. Like a hockey, it might even be a hockey brand or something. I can't remember now. But basically, it's a, I think it's a clothing brand or a sports brand or something like that. Um, I noticed they made, like, the, the in one of these shops, they had these uh, brands of energy drinks, which are effectively a white monster. They were almost identical. Um, and they had those little screw, like, black tap um, things that just screw around so you can reseal them. I'm sure some of the monsters here have at some points as well. Um, yeah. yeah, but... There's another energy drink brand that we should actually talk about as well when we're talking about, like, the difference between Europe and, and America. And I am I cannot remember the name of it, but we have it over here, I bang. think. No, it's not Bang. There's There's... Rain, it's not rain, rain either. Yeah, they're one of my favorites. I like rain. Um, I do like them as well. Yes. Yeah, rain. Bang, Doesn't matter. I remember the facts star. about it. That, oh, it's Rockstar. Yes. Rockstar. Good on you. Yes. Okay. Um, I do, it depends on what progression we want to go through well, with the energy drinks conversation, but yeah, we, let, we should talk about that. Let's start. Okay, so let's start. Overall, energy drinks, good or bad? Neither. <laughs> good answer. Right. Okay. So let's start with right. What? Let's go. Actually, let's start with, the, with kind of the typical ingredients of an energy drink. Okay, perfect. So this is actually a good starting off point because when you talked about like not being too familiar with the research on energy drinks, I think it's actually to bring it back to like first principles and look at what's in them because there is research on what's in them and putting them together in a combination isn't going to change much about how they affect people. So I'm going to put them into two classes. So we have full calorie energy drinks, so like the ones with the sugar in them, and we have zero calorie energy drinks. The most common thing about energy drinks is that they're high in caffeine, which is why they're called energy drinks. The ones in sugar um, are also going to give you like quite a lot of sugar, which may also help with the whole energy aspect of them. But really, when we're looking at them, we're looking at caffeine. Um, That's just just, through... just before you go on that, yeah. it's probably worth um, highlighting that point, actually, in that the term energy is obviously partly misused uh, in, I guess, that concept, because obviously caffeine is a stimulant. And obviously it has energetic energetic properties because it, of its stimulants, not because it actually contains energy, which is obviously I think a lot of people, it, it's like a bit of a misnomer for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so often like, I, I get asked that, it's like, oh, but yeah, but it's, it's energy. It's like, yeah, but it's caffeine. It's the stimulant in it. It's not the fact that it's actually giving you energy as such because there is no energy in it. There are no calories in it. It's... Yeah. No, you're totally right. Um, and I think the the thing that I so I actually find this very fascinating. It's like why are energy drinks specifically so negatively viewed by the general population? So like for example, if you saw somebody drinking like I don't know a pint or even like a coke or something, people don't view that as negatively as somebody drinking an energy drink. If people are eating like oh, I don't know a burger, like takeaway food, ultra processed food, they still don't view that as negatively as consuming energy drinks. So I'm I'm fascinated by like where has this perception come from? I think a lot of it has come from um, news headlines of like truly terrible accidents where a young person has massively overconsumed um, energy drinks, and often there's some like comorbidities there, and there's some other lifestyle factors there that influence the negative um like event. So it could be like death in the worst cases, or like a severe um like health incident. Um, and normally the energy drinks play in there somewhere, but when the headline is is out there, it's like energy drinks caused teenage boy to die or something like this. And I think those headlines are one of the primary drivers of why they have such a negative reputation. But to be honest, I don't know if that explains the full thing either, because it can't just be headlines of like the Daily Mail. Maybe it is, but I don't know. Do you have any thoughts around why why they're viewed so badly compared to other 
other foods in the world. It is very strange, isn't it? Because it was a video. Machine's video is, I think, is, is on a hospital bed in this guy's chest, about twelve foot. It looks like it's not real. Well, it probably isn't real. This is from X Men or Red Button again. No, it's not. Yeah. Why? No, it's not. But because people can't critically think, mm-hmm. they can't. Most people can't, can they? They think, oh yeah, that must be true. And as you've got these little, like you mentioned, in the headlines in the Daily Mail, because people have got no right. This must be true. What this person has said. I don't need to look anywhere else. It's got to be true. Mm-hmm. Same with like because there's so much Facebook, Instagram, all this, which is now the mainstream media, really. Yeah. And people just do not question it. They go, oh, that must be true. And yeah, I think yeah. nowadays, you see false news travels. Well, you could make something up now. We could get the film in Australia by, you know, five to seven. Mm-hmm. So that's what we got something to do with it. But I find people who cri- I've drink um, drug energy drinks, and the people who say to me, oh, well, that's bad for you. And again, tell me why then. Why just mm-hmm. is? Tell me why. Because um, what's in there? What's in there? Oh, I don't know. Well, because I think people, some people have got a tiny, tiny bit of knowledge and nutrition, but then and think they know everything. And it's, yeah. You come across people all the time, you know, and the experts usually say, well, depends, or we don't know enough yet. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I always tend to find this people who are into training or into fitness in some aspect and think they know best because they've done some manner of research, which is usually shit. <laughs> I, I, I think half the problem is is like culturally we've created this almost um narrative or paradigm of like they're associated with your i don't know like your, your teenage kids drinking in the parks type narrative which obviously people then think oh it's not a good idea to stimulate kids with a shit ton of caffeine and potentially you know like 50 grams of sugar as well because mm-hmm. obviously most kids are drinking the full sugar ones as well let's be honest um which you know it has it that that has some credence to it in that you, you don't want to be overstimulating kids with a load of caffeine and you don't want to be kind of filling with needless kind of non um non-nutritive sugars uh well not yeah. non, i suppose not non-nutritive you know what i mean um what's the mm-hmm. word i'm looking for Nut- nutrient void sugars um yeah so I, I get that and I guess I think that's that's kind of, as I say I think it's just a cultural thing of that it's just the associations we now make with energy drinks um mm-hmm. I, I personally don't because I suppose I look at energy drinks now as I, I just associate now with people that exercise because mm-hmm. and that but that, that's obviously because it's that my own rhetoric of that is very much I only ever consume them like very rarely ever consume anything other than before I work out so yeah. that's kind of now my association with them but I'm probably in a minority kind of there or we we may be because I suppose you probably feel quite similar but we're in a minority there compared to your Joe Public who would still probably associate them with kids in parks drinking or kids walking down the street or even like older teenagers drinking and smoking and that type of thing which you do see clearly but it's just kind of one of those things now where you've just you've created this stereotype which I don't know reality actually is a, a, a fair reflection on society or whether that's just something we, that is just a stereotype yeah as well is the same people who question me for energy drinks have not questioned a pre-workout. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. Usually with triple caffeine in it or whatever. And see whether bits of crap that don't really do anything. But there's no question there. Well, you've you've yeah. got you've got the other issues of the associations of alcohol and obviously like like your vodka Red Bull. So you obviously a lot of people then associate energy drinks with consumption of alcohol as well. But then you've got as the issues of the scaremongering news stories which you referred to earlier around you know 
they could be anything, but oh, any drinks cause heart attacks or they cause aneurysms or I don't know, any, I don't know really what they are, but those types of things. And I guess that just all then builds this picture of that any drinks are bad in mm-hmm. every circumstance. Which I did, this was probably a year or two ago, and they, oh, I think it might have been Spence and the Dulce put on on a Dulce, whatever you say. And there was a study that they did. I think they drank equivalent of two cans, and the oh, I think the um, what was it? Something like instant death increased uh, twofold, but the chance of instant death was so minute anyway. Then it's almost irrelevant. I probably butchered that, but it was something along those lines. It was like, I'm going to go, well, it's irrelevant because what's the chance of you dying now at mm. 20 year old? Yeah. Probably slim to, like, um, I don't know, 10 million to one. I don't know. It was like, well, 5 million to one. All right, then. If people realize, like, you know, you take the kind of the rates of the. the, the the absolute risk and the relative risk of things like red meat consumption on and obviously on morbidities or, or cancer related stuff like the increase relatively is quite obviously extreme but the increase absolutely is like minute like you just did the example you've just given johnny in that and i think that can make it's just that scaremonger in media headline stuff where someone's oh my god it's increased 100 percent chance it's like yeah, but a hundred percent of one in a million is now two in a million. It's kind of that's that's not what people kind of miss a lot of the time, don't they? Mm. Yeah, there's like a lot to to like riff off there, but I think like so what so right like you're kind of saying like you no longer have this association with energy drinks as being something um like unhealthy or that you should like you would look down on, um because you associate them now as being pre workout. But say, for example, I put you in a scenario where you're like at a family event. How comfortable would you feel pulling out a can of Monster and starting drinking it? Like, or would you be kind of like um, adverse to doing that because you would expect like backlash from the people around you questioning you for drinking it? I think that's a really good question. And I think that I probably would have some um, f- some reservation, probably is the word I'd use to, to, to just drinking it. Really. I mean, not I don't think it'd stop me. And I think I'd just be prepared to answer any questions if kind of challenged or comments were made but certainly i'd have a little bit of reservation i think actually people are going to probably think why am i drinking a drink like do i need that right now or you know just assume it look at it in the same way as they might do if i was doing other bad or bad in air quotes practices yeah yeah for sure so i think even you can not have this like negative you can understand that they're okay which we'll go into like why they're okay in a minute um but it can still like you you still know that there's a negative perception there by the general population that yeah. it can then like affect you but the only thing um, i would say yeah. is i don't think i would do it though you don't no as in like it my the u the usage or the use for me or the purpose of use for any drinks is so specific that there's very mm. rarely would I ever just get one out and drink in a like a public setting like that. Like I, the, the only times I can think in, in years probably that I've actually consumed any drink is pre-workout or maybe driving where mm. I've needed some stimulation to stay awake or that type of thing. I think yeah. outside of that, I'm very conscious of the caffeine intake. So I just don't, don't drink them. So I wouldn't just pick one out during the day and just start drinking it, it at home type thing. It just doesn't happen. Fair. Yeah, okay, then it's not, it's not a realistic no, question. No, no, but it, it might be, no, but obviously it might be for someone else, obviously in a different context that would, because there are plenty of people that do just drink it as if it's a can of Coke. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Okay, like, let's keep going with the kind of, like, the, I guess the ingredients in energy drinks, which is, um, I think understanding what the ingredients are is, like, a very good way to kind of get mm. over the fear around energy drinks, because 
I, I don't know why, but people are like, oh, they're so processed and there's so many chemicals in there. It's so terrible for you. But so and this is the post that I did that you mentioned. I actually went through every single ingredient in Monster Zero and um, the white one and looked at what each of the ingredients are and tried to figure like what like what is this um, ingredient? Like, how does it interact with us? Is it dangerous? Um, and through that process, it was actually like it was quite eye opening to do as well, because I had not actually done it myself. Like I can pretty easily look at an ingredient label and read off most of the ingredients and sort of vaguely understand what they are. But to actually research each one was quite interesting. So like if you go through the the like just pick up a can of monster and look at the ingredients, the first thing on there is carbonated water. So that that's just water with fizziness added to it. Like that's the same as like a can of Coke, seven up, whatever you're used to. And then as you start going down the list of ingredients, there's some things that will look familiar, like uh, caffeine. And then there's some other things in there that might be like preservatives or um things that are in there to like stop, I guess, it, it going off. Um, and other things like flavorings that kind of maybe might freak people out, especially when you start getting into like the artificial sweeteners. So I'm not sure if it's worth going through every ingredient, but like, what do you think it would be most useful talking about? Like, is it the caffeine? Is it the sweeteners? Yeah, I, 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 I don't. Yes. Go on, Johnny. Think they are some sort of devil ingredient. Yeah, I, I would say the same. I would say the two things I think most people seem to be concerned about is the sweeteners and caffeine. Um, although I don't know if it's an interaction thing as well that people think they're going to interact or there is just a general mix of stuff that because going go back to what I said before around the kind of the, the stereotype as to why they're bad mm. and these kind of the media headlines in terms of oh it causes heart attacks and stuff um, sorry to interrupt this episode but we just wanted to let you know that we're currently accepting applications to work with any of our coaches to help you lose weight and get shredded or build muscle and get jacked if you want to know more just head over to nnncoaching.com forward slash apply no contract lengths, just evidence-based coaching to make sure you get the results you've always been after. I think, although we know things like caffeine can cause dilation issues or rhythm disturbances and stuff for people that have kind of um, pre-existing conditions. So obviously, if you've got a pre-existing heart condition, say, it's probably overdosing on caffeine is probably not a good idea. People just think there's something specific to energy drinks that is mm-hmm. maybe the problem, which in reality probably isn't the case especially as you you know if you go through all the ingredients there actually is just probably the caffeine that might be potentially dangerous to some individuals um yeah but so like, I, this was actually oh no sorry go ahead no 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 you go you go i was gonna say this is a really interesting point about the difference between the eu and the us so um european regulation and ingredients um is a lot more stringent than it is in the us um from what i can tell so the shocking thing that i noticed when i went to the us and it was rockstar that i noticed this with i'm pretty sure the cans over there had 300 milligrams of caffeine in a can um i was like this is amazing what an amazing pre-workout and i drank it and i i did not drink the full thing because my caffeine tolerance is a lot lower than that normally i'd have around 200 milligrams as pre-workout dose but i drank like maybe like we'll say three quarters of the can no joke i was like shaking i was like i my heart rate was like racing and like this is somebody who has habitually used caffeine as pre-workout for years and it's like this is the kind of caffeine dose that we're talking about that somebody who is not exercising is not active is going to the shop and picking up like just a gen pop person and that's not probably not great for the average person to be doing now like it really does depend on what your own caffeine tolerance is so we know that um genetic determinants and habitual caffeine use will in like influence how um how much caffeine you can tolerate individually but uh there's nothing inherently wrong with caffeine but if you're having such high doses you can get things like jitters anxiety 
heart, heart, your heart starts racing. It can feel like a little bit like a panic attack. Um, and to have that kind of response in not only adults, but younger people as well who are having that most of ca- much caffeine, it's not great. So I think it's really important to you to understand like when is caffeine appropriate to use and is there something unique about the caffeine in energy drinks that makes it more dangerous? Um, to the second question, there is not. Um, the standard amount of caffeine in an energy drink, so for example, a can of Monster is 150 milligrams. That's maybe like two or three cups of coffee. So when people think of energy drinks, they're like, oh, they're so ridiculously high in, in caffeine. They're really not. It's just like a concentrated dose of caffeine. So rather than drinking it across across two to three cups of coffee, they're getting it in a concentrated dose. And maybe it's a bit higher than what the average person is used to, but it's it's really not that high. But then you do have these products, especially in America, where which have massive doses. So you're pretty much doubling to tripling the dose that you get in a standard energy drink over here. Um, and that can that can be well above some of these tolerance levels and cause like the jitters and so on. Again, it's very unlikely that that's going to have like a health consequence. But it's still not ideal if you're like not an exercising person or not active to be getting your caffeine levels up like that, especially the, the sleep consequences as well. Yeah, I was going to say like it's not going to have a, an acute health consequence for most people unless you've got a a a, a, a alternative issue or comorbidity. No, no, I can't speak tonight. I've not had caffeine. <laughs> um, unless you've got other issues, you're not going to probably have any acute issues. Um, however. I suppose just what you just mentioned there's worth probably touching on some of the kind of indirect issues that it might have. So like yeah. sleep, say. Yeah, or... yeah, yeah, for sure. So sleep, definitely. So um, I'm not going to say I'm an expert on sleep in any means. And there's people who know a lot more about sleep than me. But one thing that I think most people have a grip on is that caffeine does impact sleep. Um, the it's it's quite um it's determined by genetics how quickly you metabolize caffeine but generally it has a half-life of about six hours it depends like it can be longer for some people it can be shorter for some people but there could still be caffeine in your system so like if you have uh, like coffee at like maybe 3 p.m or like caffeine around 3 p.m that might still be in your system by the time you're going to bed and we know that that can negatively impact sleep so your sleep quality might be affected it might be harder for you to get to sleep you might wake up more during the night um, and that in itself can have a lot of negative consequences um some people just don't get on very well with caffeine as well so some people find that it gives them a little bit of anxiety like a little bit of like nervousness and jitteriness um so if you're one of those people maybe energy drinks are not the best thing for you to be consuming and those people are also like quite adverse to to drinking coffee as well but sleep is probably the main one i can think of that it can it can be quite um, a negative consequence yeah from me i can drink coffee sometimes as opposed to the hour. <laughs> again like you might be a very fast metabolizer of, of caffeine like it is super individual um although it might also be impacting like you might be able to get sleep fine but your actual depth of sleep might be um affected you never know yeah I've... sorry johnny go on yeah, it could just be weird you could yeah. just be weird yeah be that. you're a genetic freak there's the anecdote you hear that sort of thing all anecdote you hear that sort of thing all the time about people saying about oh i'm fine i can sleep i can drink caffeine in bed and go to sleep fine which you know is probably the case but i still find it difficult to believe that taking a known stimulant doesn't have some negative effect on sleep whether it be you know like latency or kind of quality or whatever depth it just i just can't imagine for a second it's not having some negative effects yeah it wasn't before I didn't have to sleep before bed. I just slept in the afternoon. <laughs> I was before bed. Well, there's there's quite. A, I'll tell you what. There is. It's talking about the afternoon. There's quite a lot of people that have. Uh, what's it called? I don't know, like a, a caffeine nap. I don't know if it's called that actually. Yeah. But I. Yeah. I. I. Fixing the bill. Let's go. This is strange. 
Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I heard uh, Alberto Nunez talk about it on a podcast once where he does this, where he takes like a caffeine pill. Like, because obviously he's into his, like into his routine and, and regimented in terms of obviously like what he does, I think. And um, he, he likes to have his naps in the afternoon and then go train. And I, I heard him talk about how he like takes a caffeine pill, sleeps, sets his alarm for half an hour or, or something like that to get his nap mm-hmm. in. So he, then he, and he reckons he wakes up so refreshed, ready to go train because obviously he's kind of like slept through the initial kind of incubation period of his caffeine taking hold and then obviously wakes up ready as about to go like kick in think right i'm ready to go now it's almost like it's the perfect wake up to to obviously having a really deep little nap or something i'm like okay. that's so funny i mean i guess like it does by the time like it digests and like is in your system it does take about like between 30 and 60 minutes so maybe mm. he's just sleeping through that point of it like digesting getting in his system yeah. and then when he wakes up after that half an hour he's like ready to go um, but I think that's actually a, a really good point to kind of bring up like, okay, caffeine can have detrimental consequences for sure, but what's it actually good for? Like, when is it appropriate to use um, caffeine both like through coffee, through like caffeine pills, or but also like within energy drinks? I know we've already like alluded to pre-workout a lot. And I think this is like why energy drinks are so used within the fitness community, even though I swear some people don't understand themselves why they use them. But like caffeine is ergogenic. So we know that it has performance enhancing effects. It's one of the best known ergogenic supplements that's legal. Um, we know that like it increases endurance performance, it increases strength, it can, it increases like it makes you less likely to fatigue um, across a range of sports. So from endurance to powerlifting to like bodybuilding, we know that it has like excellent pre-workout effects. So that is entirely like applicable scenario where somebody might want to use an energy drink or like a pre-workout supplement to get that um, ergogenic effect for their workout or as well for like um, like an acute bout of performance. So like if you're going to be competing or if you're going to be running a race or something, using an ergogenic dose of caffeine before before that event can be very useful. And we know that through like a lot of research that that's entirely safe and beneficial for the athlete or gym goer as the case may be um and energy drinks offer a very um convenient tasty way to get that dose of caffeine um so it is a it is a good example of like where where they're used and it's somewhat beneficial yeah there are a couple oh yeah go ahead i just sorry i just want to interject again just on that point so there's a really good point i think about the reasons why any drink might be used so obviously about being convenient and tasty but also like um not harmonized standardized standardized dose as well because obviously like you mentioned coffee earlier about saying uh 150 milligrams of caffeine in a monster is equivalent of x amount of coffee say obviously if you are drinking coffee for caffeine you don't really know how much caffeine's in it because of the extraction methods and Mm -hmm. the type of coffee and all even the way it's grown all these things that affect the caffeine content of it having an energy drink means all of a sudden like you're pretty standardized the dose which as an athlete can be really useful like if obviously you can do the same with caffeine powder or caffeine pills or whatever, mm-hmm. but you know not everyone wants those, and hence the you know a convenient and tasty way as an energy drink. But it does also mean you've got the standardisation, which a lot of us will use because we'll want to take in an amount of caffeine based on maybe certain. Like, do you use caffeine in um, like um, periodized manner, or as in do you kind of have lower periods and higher periods based on maybe like training requirements and things like that? Yeah, so like lockdown lifting, I just tried to cut back on. I was like, I don't need pre-workout for these for these uh, workouts. And then also when I'm doing deload weeks, I'll try and cut back on caffeine for those weeks and like try to do a little bit of resensitization. Yeah, so I think that's, again, that just comes in useful knowing how much you're consuming compared to a coffee um, where you don't really know. No, exactly. Um, but also, I mean, this is probably a topic for another podcast, but... 
Um, using energy drinks as a form of pre-workout, it is convenient, it is standardized, but it's also only 150 milligrams. Um, and the ergogenic for uh, like dose for, for um, caffeine ranges quite a lot, depending on the person's body weight and their sensitization to caffeine. So honestly, I would prefer like if I, if I had full control over like an athlete and what they were doing, I don't think I'd be telling them to use energy drinks as a pre-workout because the dose is so fixed. And there might be some uh, training sessions where we want to get a higher dose. 150 milligrams isn't that much. Two. We know that like, <laughs> yeah, I have two, two, but that's a lot of fluid. I wouldn't want an athlete to go into a, a session like with that much fluid inside them. But, you know, to each their own, if you really like energy drinks, it could work. Or get one of those rock stars from America because <laughs> that dose is really well, high. The, the new rock stars here say the new they've re, they've slightly reformulated them recently um like i'm a drink connoisseur i know um but they now got 200 the oh, ones right, here. Right, yeah so yeah so that's a good that's a, a good dose and it is like a good dose for a lot of people like that's the amount that they would use in a pre-workout anyway but again like if you're like you know a six foot lifter and you're you've been using pre-workout for a while you might need more um and like for if you want to get more into the depth of like pre-workout and ergogenic doses i'd say just go to examine.com and look at their uh, information on caffeine and pre-workouts you can drop but your, yeah you can drop your associate my uh, referral, referral my affiliate now. link we'll, we'll, we'll put that in the links <laughs> please do that would be amazing oh yeah use the like swipe up feature i'm filing using it for its intended purpose um but yeah i think that's like that's a kind of good rundown on caffeine and the other thing that i wanted to comment on is like okay we have this athlete's performance use case when else might it be appropriate or like reasonable to use an energy drink and really it like it varies but like if you're a student cramming for exams and you need to pull an all-nighter caffeine is a nootropic it can help focus it can help cognitive performance so maybe that once off scenario it is useful I mean, people also use coffee for the same reasons. If you're going into like some somewhere where you have to perform to a very high level, it might not be exercise. It might be something else. Using an energy drink to raise your focus, something like that, it could be useful. But then there's so many, so, so, so many scenarios where energy drinks perhaps are not great. So if you're just using it for, to like get through the work day, if you're using it as like a student and you're not like, you know, you're just drinking it like just a regular drink, not not necessarily for any particular reason. Um, that's not great. Like there are scenarios where you don't need that much caffeine. If it's like a full sugar version, you don't need to be consuming that much energy, especially through like a fluid that doesn't have many nutrients in it. So there's absolutely like scenarios where it's not a good thing to be drinking and it's kind of like empty calories. I don't really like the term, but yeah, empty calories. Um, but yeah, so it, there's there's like absolutely scenarios where it, it's useful, but there are also many where where it's not the best choice. Yeah, I think the um, sugar comment was the next thing I was going to say in terms of like we've we kind of covered the caffeine mm. dangers, if I want a better phrase, or considerations maybe is a better word. But there is the the other aspect that, that we've kind of talked about, I think is probably the biggest issue is kind of just that sheer volume of um, sugar, sugar load, added sugars, all of these terms that whatever you want to call them, that it just generally doesn't bring much in terms of health. Um, like Johnny said, Johnny, you said you'd never, ever drink a full sugar version. Um Generally, I agree with you, although there are occasions where I might do because I want some form of very easy to consume sugar, usually again pre-exercise. I, I very rarely would I ever drink it outside of an exercise or a, like a performance type of environment, but there are some reasons why I would. But the reasons I don't is because what you've just said, the, the, the actual additional sugar, the, the fact that it comes, it's nutrient void, you know, it is empty calories. Um, I don't see many other scenarios where it's useful. 
No, I think like again, maybe if you were a runner and you were about to do a very long endurance race and you needed like to get some like glycogen in, like maybe in that scenario a full calorie version might be useful. But I really struggle to think of examples of cases where the full calorie version is of benefit to anyone. Um it's got a lot of sugar in it. Like like I think it's like fifty or sixty grams per can. Like I haven't drank them in a long time either. But it's a lot of sugar. It could be up to like half of somebody's recommended daily intake in terms of carbohydrates depending on like their their own needs and their activity levels Mm -hmm. but it's a lot of sugar and it's also very easy to drink like I don't think people realize how much energy they're consuming so it's very easy to have that on top of your habitual like uh, your daily intake of food and not realize that you're throwing yourself into quite an energy surplus through sugar Um, so it's not the healthiest thing to be consuming on a regular basis either Um, and then I guess that kind of leads us into the artificial sweeteners conversation where we have the zero calorie versions. But is there anything else that you wanted to touch on in terms of like sugar? No. No. Cool. So I guess, yeah, the artificial sweeteners. So like, okay, we have the full calorie versions. They're not great unless you're somebody with very high um, carbohydrate requirements. Maybe they're useful. But for the most, like 99% of people were going to say they should be, if they're going to use energy drinks, they should be using the, the zero calorie versions. And those are sweetened with artificial sweeteners. Um, artificial sweeteners have like a lot of a lot of hate, um, and I think a lot of that um, comes from people's un- misunderstanding or I guess lack of knowledge around how how ingredients and foods stuffs end up in our market so like how do they end up in the supermarket? How do these things end up in our food? What is the process that they go through to get there? Um, And in Europe, again, I think U.S. is a little bit different, but in Europe, there are really strict food safety standards um, and it actually has to like things have to go through quite a long process um, of like safety checks and authentication before they end up in our food supply. So all artificial sweeteners that are in our food in Europe and any like ingredient or, or food stuff for that matter have to go through food safety checks. And the European Food Safety Authority is very stringent about this. Um, not only do they have to go through um, like a, a process to get into the food chain, they have to constantly be reevaluated. And for things like artificial sweeteners and other ingredients like preservatives, they are doing rigorous research on them before they get into the, the food chain. And they're also setting caps on how much is safe for somebody to consume. And that safety limit is like very, very far away from the dose that would be required to have any adverse effects on health. Is it like so for example, or something? Isn't the yeah. safety limit something like 100 times? It's like, it a, yeah, it's a tiny fraction of what it would take to have like any negative consequences. And there are certain ingredients that like they've never actually found a dose that has an adverse like effect uh, associated with it. So they've just set an arbitrary number as a safety limit. So then you've got that safety limit. So we'll say, for example, aspartamine, which is like a common um, artificial sweetener. And then that safety limit, again, is miles and miles away from the dose that you're actually going to get in an energy drink or any artificially sweetened um, food drink or or uh, like any product. So this safety process is like one of the main things I wish people would understand about sweeteners, about like flavorings, about like anything that's added to food in general because it's so stringent and everything has to be um, like approved before it goes into the, the food chain. So all of the things that are in energy, in energy drinks, they have been thoroughly approved um, by the Food Safety Authority um, and they have been shown completely safe for human consumption. Did they do it, was it Savion Rats years ago um, with, well, I can't remember which artificial sweetener it was, but it, they gave them the equivalent of some like 80 cans of Coke. 
And it was like, they then had, you know, some detrimental, not like, like, better, but detrimental. Yeah. Like, you know, and people were quoting us, like, oh, yeah, they are bad for you. It's like, what lunatic drinks 80 cans of Coke ever? Also, yeah, and also we're not rats. And like when you extrapolate the same the same study to humans, it's like there are very different interactions there, and like the same it's not the same health consequences. Like rat models are really useful for us to understand like um, new substances that we're not yet ready to give to humans. But even in human populations, like artificial sweeteners, and there's a lot of them, um, they have been shown entirely safe, and there's really like no no need to fear them. There is like there's a few health conditions that people will know of where there's some sweeteners that they are. Um, they can't have because it will like trigger their condition but those um they're quite rare and if you have that condition you already know about it so you'll know to avoid those ingredients and it's not just an energy drink system like a broad range of food i had someone say to me once oh if there's a safety limit they must be dangerous i'm like well let's say the devil's in the doors and everything in it and you could die you drink too much water is it a <laughs> water no just don't be stupid yeah no it goes it like it applies to everything like there are safety limits for um like vitamins and minerals it's like it, you can have like a good amount of something and then you can have too much um unfortunately like the artificial sweeteners especially the safety limit is super super high for them and then the actual amount contained in these drinks is actually quite low relative to the safety limit so um yeah they're totally safe um and i, I really wish that that one myth about artificial sweeteners would just go to the grave because artificial sweeteners can be so beneficial so if you think about somebody who's consuming um, a full calorie energy drink regularly how much sugar and excess energy they're consuming if they're to just swap to an artificial sweetener which is entirely safe and how much um, energy they're now going to have reduced in the diet how much sugar less sugar they're going to be consuming like that's a fantastic like step in the right direction towards their overall dietary pattern they're still consuming energy drink we haven't taken that away we haven't restricted anything but that simple swap of sugar to artificial sweetener is like a really great one so it would be it would be wonderful if that myth would die yeah the only, the only thing i will add to that is obviously because and i'll be honest i haven't kept massively up to date with it so i'm not gonna be able to go into it but there is obviously a small grown um body of evidence suggesting around potential gut health effects from um non-nutritive sweeteners so i suppose they have to bear that in mind although i don't think there's anywhere near anything conclusive is there that i'm aware of anyway not that i've heard so but it's just obviously there's some ongoing research which you know, at some point will give you some more guidance in terms of whether if you have gut health issues or if you want to kind of make sure things like your gut microbiota or bacteria is, you know, top performing for for want of a better phrase, um, mm-hmm. you might want to consider. But obviously at the minute, I suppose we still don't know. So the answer is like, you know, if, if I was to ask you, so Rebecca, energy, energy drinks, good or bad again, after everything we've kind of talked about, still depends. <laughs> But, like so like for example if you're a gym goer and you want a pre-workout it's great like it's a good source of caffeine it's very easy it's very convenient if you're like a 13 year old in school and you start drinking an energy drink in the middle of class like that's probably not great i don't know if you need that so it's really context dependent and it also depends on like yeah your your own um like if you're consuming the full calorie or, or the artificially sweetened version um and your own circumstances and activity levels yeah everything depends there so, yeah exactly so. nothing is ever black and white also on the gut health thing like for sure I, I don't think this is my area of expertise either but right now what we know about artificial sweeteners is that they change 
some stuff in the gut like so they're either adding or removing some of the gut bacteria there we don't know if that's like a move in the right or the wrong direction and we also know that happens regardless of anything that anything new that you introduce into the diet will alter the gut microbiota so it that's not like a unique thing for artificial sweeteners we know that there's a change it doesn't matter what you introduce if you introduce a new food there will be a change and we just don't know like if it's a good change or a bad change because there's so much we still need to understand about the gut yeah no absolutely and i think obviously you go on a certain diet like a low carb diet or a you know low carb high fat diet all of a sudden the bacteria and the microbiota just changes dramatically yeah um, and vice versa so but you say it's not certainly not um exclusive to artificial sweeteners so it's something for people to bear in mind even with this research that's coming out it's like anything really and especially things i think with um the the gut as well and again not being an expert in the slightest but I think a lot of these things take a long time to know what kind of like the end causal effect or not sorry not end causal effects the end effects are you know, yeah in terms of we know xyz changes but does it actually have any kind of higher risk outcomes for certain things or not because a lot of the time things change but they don't actually extrapolate onto something that's actually damaging to health yeah so yeah, yeah. um cool i think it's probably i mean in terms of other ingredients is there anything else worthwhile people should consider or i mean most of the other ingredients in there obviously are for production of them aren't they other than things like b vitamins which i'll be honest you'll likely just pee out if you yeah. have too many of them um what else is in them i can't think what else is in them i can actually i have the label in front of me so we have carbonated water citric acid taurine acidity regulator flavorings like there's a long list but like if you you can go through these like uh in order i actually i can i can send you the post if you want to link to it in the notes or, or however you yeah, do that cool. yeah. but each one of them like a lot of them are actually derived not that they should sway people but from like natural sources so we have like flavorings coming from plants like citric acids that's just coming from fruit we have like guarana seed extract that's literally an extract coming from a seed like a lot of these things they sound like oh we don't know what that is it sounds a bit strange but like they're they're really not and if you just kind of read a little bit about them it really kind of I guess mm. like assuades your nerves like they're not anything to be to be scared of um and they're all in there just to make it either taste good or to preserve it to make sure that no bad bacteria grows in there while it's on the shelf um so yeah I don't think there's any any particular that stand out to me like oh this is a really interesting one to go into I think caffeine and sweeteners are probably the two that people are most yeah, interested okay. in I, I think probably the highlight there is to to think that most of those things you just re reeled off there would be in most other beverages or Yep. certainly be found generally in most food production so absolutely if people are worried about those in an energy drink they should probably be worried about those in anything else that they're eating yes so i bet the same people worried about sugar, uh, the uh artificial sweetness stuff would be the same people consuming obviously a billion 10 calorie jellies and those types of things what they don't consider to be have any negative effects on health yes and alcohol as well. I always find that people who kind of fat energy drinks are quite frequent drinkers and they see no qualms with that at all when alcohol is a known poison and energy drinks have been pretty pretty much proven completely safe at this point. Yeah. It's something interesting that people want to focus on, which is like it's a non subject and then yeah. you're talking about alcohol which kills how many people are you? Uh, I can't give the numbers, but a horrific amount of people. Yeah. And people never they don't even question it. It's like if you if I drunk every night now, nobody would say, Oh, you've got a problem. And to yeah. me, if you drink every night, you are bordering on, you've got a problem. That's, that's, that's literally if you're drinking every day, I'm pretty sure that puts you in yeah. like um sure. like abuse alcohol abuse disorder. But like if you then said you drank an energy drink every day. Oh yeah. Well like that's that, it. Yeah. 
Yeah, but if, if people say, oh, it's only a glass of wine. Yeah, but it's every night. It means for psych- maybe, psycholo- maybe psychologically you need that to calm down, which is a bad way to calm down because it's going to get worse. I've got a bad day. Let's have two. Let's have three. Let's have four. And I got, mm-hmm. I don't think that's four anymore. Let's have a bottle. And that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like, I do not... I do not question and, and, and loads of people do it but you have one end drink and that's the end of the world right. yeah it's a bit of cognitive dissonance for sure I think so just round up then would be that any drinks have their place nothing really to be scared about all I would say is that for people that do consume them think about the kind of objective of why you're consuming them because they're not not really for someone that just wants to hydrate or someone that just wants to drink because of obviously the fact that they come with stimulants um, so there's nothing wrong with that. Just bear in mind the objective of why you're using them and they have their place in certain objectives or certain scenarios, but probably not something you just want to drink all day long every day. Certainly not it's for... very much like coffee, to be honest. Like you don't want to be drinking coffee all day long every day. Plenty like you do though, don't they? Exactly. The there's a more cognitive dissonance there, but it's like um, a very concentrated dose of coffee. And if you start thinking about it in that way, there are certain populations that it's and, and use cases for it, but there's also cases where it's not appropriate and it might have detrimental effects. So, as is tradition for guests, we like to ask some non-nutrition-related questions, just for the funsies. So, let's start with one of my favourites. Um, as you know, actually, I'm going to start with a more topic-related question first. So, favourite energy drink brand? We mentioned a few, but what is your favourite? Is Monster. it Monster? Right, okay. Not Rain? No, I like them, but I still don't think I would have them over Monster, but maybe that's just habit, I'm not sure. Okay, okay. I really like the Melon, the, the Melomania Reigns, very good. Um, okay. Uh, at... 3D, by the way. 3D? Oh, yeah. Them? yeah, yeah, yeah. I 3D. haven't had those. I've, I've got them in the gym. They are, they look, they're very minimalist cans, and it's like mm. yeah. some sort of quite contemporary. Sort of type hipster dude is made them up of. I've only, I've only had two of them. The white one, which is effectively a white monster. You know, it's very, mm-hmm. very similar. Maybe the white whites has more more of concentrated taste, which I think is a good thing, not a bad thing. So I found the white 3D a, a little bit weaker. Um, so i definitely take white monster over that. Uh, and the other one, I think, was a yellow can, which was, again, quite a weaker citrus flavour, as you'd expect. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, we established white monster, best flavour? Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Uh, if you were to make a house out of one item of food, what would that item be? Hmm. Maybe lollipops. Lollipops. Yeah, or like what lollipops are made from, because there's like sticks the, the sticks and yeah, sticks together, and I feel like it could rain a lot before it like wore away. Can I just establish the definition of a lollipop? Bear in mind that you're Irish. Um, like, oh yeah, like do the you mean hard. Like, do you mean like hard, a wooden stick? Like, like you get in an ice lolly or do you mean like a one of those like paper wrap little ones that is basically like really condensed paper wrap around that you get on like a drumstick lolly or a sweet lolly mm, not a drumstick lolly i'm talking about the ones they're almost like a glass like so like that type of lolly but it's like a glass like so i'm thinking of like a red one in my head they're like really hard do you know do you have those are over you, here well i think so but are you talking about the actual stick or the actual lolly itself no the lolly itself like right, the sweet okay. is like a hard glass type of a lolly right so you basically make a house out of like a hardboard sweet type thing yes right okay well functionally work well i'd imagine um yeah. might melt in the rain but i think you could get through a couple of like a few rain showers and it would it would last a while yeah. okay good 
good no i like the i like the engineering side of how you thought of that good um if you so what, what's the best present to buy a fitness professional for christmas oh my god um i think i'm biased because it's the top of mind for me but like i would say like a mass subscription a mass subscription oh it's almost like you got an affiliate there as well I know, right? But like, I've been using that for years, so I, I can my conscience my conscience is free because I would buy that for people as a as a solid gift, regardless of my affiliation with them. So this yeah. is a funny Pretty conversation. It's a funny conversation. I'll be honest. I want to talk about it on a podcast in a bit more detail at some point. So probably not for today. But like, I've had this conversation around people promoting things uh, and using affiliate links or whatever, and this kind of again this. Uh, what's the right word i don't know this this kind of coyness that people have about feeling like they shouldn't be promoting things that they believe in even though they do it's weird isn't it no for sure like this is literally like these these affiliations are the first that i've ever accepted because i've actually like i don't want to be sent stuff i just feel bad about it mm. um but it's a good conversation to have i'm totally yeah, down to discuss yeah. that if you ever want yeah no for sure I probably will actually that'd be good um okay uh what's i'm trying to think of oh best burger place you've ever been to Oh, I think, um, so there's this place in Dublin. I was going to say it's new, but it's not new anymore. Oh, what's it called? This is so bad. I can't think of it. It's like a, it's a chicken, it's a chicken burger place. And, oh, it's like on the tip of my tongue and I can picture their I, logo. Yeah, I don't know. I no, know. Um. anyway, there is this chicken place in Dublin. It opened up, I think, last year and it is incredible. Okay. Okay, I might have to look that up next time I'm in and around Dublin. Have you been to Farmer Brown's in Dublin? Yes, I have, but I haven't had a burger there. I had brunch there. Very good. Very good. I enjoyed that a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, no, it's good. I googled okay. it. I did a sneaky Google. It's called Mad Egg. Mad Egg. Okay. Keep a note on that one. Not that I'm in Dublin that often, but when I am, I'm uh, I might have to check. Should that I out. give like? Should I be giving UK suggestions? Are the majority it, of your followers well, no, no, in the UK? No. Well, they are, but I'll be honest. We've had uh, all manner of suggestions for that that specific question because obviously a lot of people have travelled and had better burgers elsewhere. So bear in mind that Fair obviously enough. where you're based now, you have a uh, multitude of amazing options. In fact, I had this conversation yesterday with shout out to Sam. Um, what's his name? Sam was Sam likes lifting no it might be Sam Payne Fitness um about he said what's my beef with five guys after last week's episode about people have this it's weird how people seem to think that I've got this massive deal or massive issue with five guys which I haven't it's like it's like anything nutrition it's got to be a dichotomy it's binary you know it's either good or bad I'm like no Mm -hmm. I don't hate five guys by any stretch I don't know why people seem to think that I just (laughs) think there are way better options than five guys no, um, I totally agree with you. I think like I've I've had five guys maybe twice now and like I think the chips are amazing, but the yeah. burger like yeah. That's the conversation we had. I said we can agree the fries are fantastic, but the yeah. burger is very average. Like it's a good burger, but it's average. Um yeah. but like, obviously I started reading off probably 10 places in London I thought. And the more I kept reading them off, I was like, wow, actually there are so many good burger places in London in, there in, are. in the city. I think so far my favorite in London has been Honest Burgers. I've Honest, been there yeah. a good few times and they're incredible. Solid solid yeah yeah if uh, next next time around bleaker try bleaker sorry johnny go on how much of these burgers and these to me not obscure but you know i don't know what to, what to describe it because i'm only i'm used to mcdonald's and five guys like, non-traditional yeah what are the cost for these burgers like no because to me indie burgers if you're paying 20 for a burger it's just not worth it not 20 quid no 
Like most, sure. most are most for a burger itself. So I had one yesterday in a newish place, which started as a pop up, and they're now open the restaurant. Um, but they're only obviously doing takeaway at the moment. Um, called Fup Burger, F U P Burger, and um, it's from a guy who has a really well known Instagram account called the Fry Up Police. Um, and he basically started reviewing fry ups, um, like English breakfast, basically for those that don't know what fry up is. Um, and he's obviously just a bit of a food connoisseur and branched out doing loads of stuff. But he's created his own, like basically that did a, at the start of lockdown in March, opened up a burger um, takeaway place at a pub, um, just as like a pop up stand, and it's got really popular. I had it yesterday because I've, I've been seeing bit of means go ages, and I will say, I've it was faultless i really struggled to think how it was going to be better like how we could make it better so shout out to fuck burger um fantastic but anyway the point i brought up was because i think i paid like nine ten quid or something for like a double burger i think they had like a quadruple on there for like 14 quid which obviously starts to get a bit pricey but i think that's your average price isn't it 10 quid yeah yes yeah didn't come with chips though so obviously you have to buy them on top but anyway we had this conversation about Dubai where I paid a hundred quid nearly for a burger and chips. So yeah. it's not, I've got to go uh, yeah. Take it back. It's yeah. It, it wasn't even that great. It was a bang average burger. In fact, five guys is better than that, but uh, <laughs> hey, hey. Um, here comes the final and the most important question. Would you rather be attacked by a duck sized horse or a thousand horse sized ducks? A right. duck sized. No, other way around. No. Yeah. One, oh, gee, I've messed this one up badly, haven't I? Um, one, a thousand duck-sized horses, or one horse-sized duck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, the horse-sized duck. The massive, the massive duck. Yeah, I feel like that would be easier to take on. I still don't think I'd have a chance, but it feels easier in my head. Good, good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I like that question because there there isn't a right or wrong answer. It's just you know. No. no. I mean, I'm pretty sure you could do like you could do like this thought experiment where you figured out like the most strategic way to get rid of each, and how you'd win the fight. I'm pr- pretty sure, like, so there probably is a right answer. I just don't know what it is. I, well, I think it comes down to the context of whether you're allowed to use kind of weapons or items. And I've said that I still stand by if that is the case. A loaf of bread covered in peanut butter would be very good defense against a uh, a horse sized duck because I imagine it would choke on it very easily. Yeah, good point. Like try. I don't duck. want to imagine imagine a horse sized duck. Why would you want to kill that? That's amazing. Like I want that creature to exist. I I probably should change the question to horse sized goose because gooses geese gooses gooses geese geese yeah. geese. geese 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 are very very violent and very mm-hmm. um, aggressive in my experience. So. That then takes the cuteness away, and therefore it's you know okay to attack it. Yeah. The whole point is you are getting attacked by the things, whether it's cute or not. So. Yeah, but I mean, if it was cute, I wouldn't want to kill it. I would just want to dismantle it somehow, so like tie up its legs or flippers or whatever. I there. I don't think dismantle is the right word, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Disable? I mean. Disable. Disable. So Disable. dismantle thing takes it apart. I think oh, that's a bit. That's a bit savage. <laughs> a bit gruesome. Um, I don't want to kill you. I just want to be dismantled. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for coming on um, and uh, parting with all that amazing knowledge do you want to give uh, so T to triceps do you want to shout that out in terms of is it T dot or I can't yeah it's, it's dot I chose the most awkward handle so it's T like a cup of tea so T-E-A dot to so T-O dot triceps so T to triceps um, on Instagram and that's the only place that you'll find me um, I do a Q&A every Saturday and that's the best place to ask me questions uh, if you DM me, I will probably miss it. I try to check my inbox every so often, but I get a lot of messages. But 
And if you want to chat about like anything to do that we mentioned earlier, um, you can DM me and I'll try and keep a lookout for it. But yeah, everything is over on Instagram. Well, thank you very much. Um, we'll definitely have you on again. I think the affiliate thing might be fun to, to chat through. Yeah. You're very bashful about it, so it'd be interesting. <laughs> like, no, I'm not affiliated. No, Leave me alone. <laughs> no, no. Um, right, on that note, Johnny, come on, sign us off. Something funny. Um, come on, every week. You, you, don't, you shouldn't have to have to think about this. Why are you putting him on the spot this way, though? It's not on the spot. It's every week. It's, it's not like he shouldn't preempt this. I'm trying to think what a good boy is in Welsh. Should know, really. Isn't it something like, nog, 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 nog? Don't be so ridiculous. <laughs> Don't be so ridiculous. Boy, oh. No, I'm trying to think about what it is in Irish and I, I can't think of it. It's How do neither of you two speak your native language? It's, yeah, it's a shambles. It is a shambles. I'm thoroughly disappointed. I can say certain things in Welsh, but not many things. Like... I bet you can say the sea bomb in Welsh. No doubt. No, I don't know what that is. A what? Eliza will be doing that soon though, mate. And you won't know, so... Give me off in Welsh. I want to know what she's yeah. saying. Yeah, he's got, he's got Johnny's got three year old. Uh, she's three, isn't she? Now she must be over three. Now. She's over three. She's not that much younger than Summer, is she? No. So yeah, since she's learning Welsh, so Johnny's not going to know what she's saying to him. Oh, very good. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Maybe that's the way to end it. After I've All right. Okay. Say bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.